We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Derek and Cody here as always. Guys, we just got back from training camp on Saturday. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully, all of you had Twitter notifications on and were keeping up with anything that we were trying to post to YouTube last night. Uh, it was a ton of fun, guys. We got to see a lot of great stuff. And we're going to basically dive into that practice a little bit more today. We basically said everything on Twitter that was happening, but we never really got a chance to really break down everything that's going on. And be prepared. There will be more media availability videos coming out. We're going to have vlog content coming out at some point. Just give us some time to get those out. But until then, guys, let's break down this uh, practice here. I think it's safe to say here, Cody, that we start with the quarterbacks. You know, it looks as if, you know, Matt Ryan has been in control all week. Uh, and Saturday, it really didn't seem to be any different. Yeah, Matt Ryan's been in full control, and he's been spreading the ball around to a lot of different guys. You know, we saw the Naheem Hines out of the backfield a couple times. We saw him throw a few to Taylor. You know, we saw you know him hitting some of the tight ends like Grant's looking for Granson, looking for Jelani Woods, looking for Mo Alley Cox, and and even his receivers looking for some of those guys. So, needless to say, I think it's going to be. Uh, kind of the approach the Colts had in 2020 where it's kind of going to be a lot of mouths are going to be fed in that offense. And, you know, Matt Ryan's already starting to be a distributor of the football and his accuracy, man, has been pinpoint accuracy. I'm sure everybody's seen you know, the video of him throwing to Naheem Hines on the sideline. And, and honestly, from our viewpoint, Derek, I thought that that ball was picked off. I thought that EJ speed had that ball mm-hmm. all day long. It was, it was that close. Like it was, you know, Ryan had to place that ball perfectly or EJ Speed's taking that, you know, he's picking that off. So yeah. the fact that he was able to fit that into Heinz the way he did just shows how accurate of a player he is. Um, so, yeah, he's been great in terms of leading the offense. And we talked about it a little bit, just watching him in person. The man releases the ball. So he has such a quick release yes. uh, when he gets a snap. You know, he knows where he wants to go with the ball. He's able to get it out extremely quickly. So, yeah, with was very impressed with Matt Ryan and what how he was able to kind of really take command of this offense so far, especially yesterday. 
Yeah, that you mentioned that throw to Hines. Yeah, you look at it from the other angle. We were obviously on the other side of the field, so we didn't get much of a chance to see that throw. But, you know, watching it on the highlights, you know, seeing it from there, my gosh, I mean, it's amazing that EJ didn't actually pick that off. Uh, yeah, if that ball is even a fraction behind Hines there. Speed probably does pick that off. So very interesting there. Uh, really great to see Matt Ryan have a very productive first week. You know, next week the pads are going to come on, so we're going to see a little bit more go into it. And the lo- workload might get a little bit higher as well. So we'll see how that helps. But I mean, you have to give credit to the guys that he's throwing to because a couple guys that really stood out specifically yesterday, you know, you look at Paris Campbell and what he's been doing all week and what he did yesterday, Cody. And you look at Alec Pierce having a spectacular fade, uh, fade catch and seem to have no problem at all beating press coverage on any corner that crossed his way. I mean, obviously Michael Pittman doing his thing. Michael Pittman had a great Moss in that practice yesterday as well. And you even saw Michael Young, who is the undrafted free agent out of Cincinnati as well, probably have the best catch of the whole of the whole practice where it just did a, a complete spin and one-handed catch on the sideline with a contested one. That was really good. I mean, the receivers yesterday were really, really spectacular. And Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce just showing you that this team's got some insane talent if they put it all together. And that was the big question we had, right? Was how are these young receivers going to look? You know, how are they going to look in training camp? I think the Colts obviously have been monitoring it, you know, whether or not they would, you know, be potentially interested in bringing back a T.Y. Hilton or somebody of that nature. But yeah, these young receivers have been impressing so far. You mentioned Paris Campbell, and, and, and I just want to touch on that. You know, we've always talked about how he's a weapon, how the Colts could use him. But you really saw if Paris Campbell can stay relatively healthy this year, he is going to have a massive role in this offense. Because honestly, Derek, yesterday, it, it wasn't even competition. Paris Campbell was Matt Ryan's favorite target yes. down the field. He was embarrassing. Um, he was able everywhere. to you know have some nice deep passes. I think Ryan hit him for like a 40-yard gain down the sideline. And, and Campbell just burned the defender there. And you just see the talent. you know. And it seems like he's a lot more crisp on his route running, too. He was able to find some holes in that secondary. Uh, you know, yesterday and stuff. And Matt Ryan consistently has built already. You can see he's built trust with Paris Campbell. So, you know, there's a reason I think why the Colts haven't really addressed it outside of Alec Pierce is because they do believe that Paris Campbell, and we saw yesterday, if he's healthy, he's going to be a really good player for them. So that is the big question, obviously. Can he stay healthy? But if he can, man, I tell you what, sky's the limit for him. Oh Buy stock in him. It's a low risk, potentially a high reward for fantasy football purposes because that man has speed, like un- unbelievable speed. Mm-hmm. And and his ability to make contested catches yesterday, I mean, that catch that you were talking about, I mean, he was almost double covered, but he was double covered at the beginning of that route, but basically burnt the back end corner and just had to go up against Kenny and Kenny just never saw it. And then he just was able to make that great contested catch. And, you know, we saw Paris like on three straight plays in the beginning 11 on 11 drills of, of Matt Ryan going straight to Paris Campbell each time. And just he, and even in the individual drills, you know, just the casual throwing drills with the receivers, you know, Paris was out there making one handed catches, looking as fast as ever, crisp as ever. So, 
it really, it really is awesome to see him out there doing that. And then we go to Alec Pierce, who again has been the star of the show yesterday. You know, we, you, uh, you and I got to listen to Michael Pittman and the media availability after the practice. And they asked him, uh, about Alec Pierce and, was that you that asked Michael Pittman asked about him. that? Yeah. So yeah, you, I asked him about you Alec. You actually I got said, to so ask like, him uh, how he's yeah. felt about Alec Pierce and these other young right. wide receivers coming in. Well, especially because, you know, Alec Pierce, second-round pick, high second-round pick, same with Pittman. You know, they have that kind of – and they're similar body types. There have been a lot of comparisons to them. So I was like, I want to see get his perspective on that. You know, like, what has he seen from Alec Pierce? And yeah, I mean, I, his comment was a pretty strong comment, I thought, and pretty telling. He said he's light years ahead of where I was as a rookie. Now, if you remember, Pittman didn't really get, you know, much of a chance with training camp because of the COVID stuff. So there is a reason for that. But yeah, nothing but high praise for Alec Pierce. It feels like when you ask anybody about Alec yes. Pierce, they're saying, I mean, I believe it was Isaiah Rogers as well. Rogers, if I'm not and mistaken. I think, yeah, Okereke as well. I mean, even it's yeah. not even just been the offensive guys. It's been the defense. They've been saying every single defensive player has been telling us the same thing. Who is the guy on the offense that has been impressing you the most? That's Alec freaking Pierce, dude. Like, that's it. Yep. Everyone's been saying the same thing. We caught, We heard Frank Reich mention with Paris Campbell how they want to use him in the uh, offense so much, but then you talk about Alec and they're just like, he is so mature, so focused on what is needing to be done. And that is high praise for a guy like Michael Pittman, who you expect to be your number one receiver, who is about to probably go get you another thousand yard season to say that Alec is already light years ahead of me on what I was like when I first came into the situation I was in. So Again, it's really great to hear that that he's already going because everyone was saying, how is he going to adjust to the actual NFL, right? Like, is he going to be able to run more than vertical routes? That was the thing that we heard from everyone. And Cody, he beats man coverage or press coverage every single time. Everyone was wondering, like, you know, he's tall, obviously, he's fast. How physical is he going to be? How is he about getting off of the line? You know, if people try to stick him a little bit, guys, he impressed coverage every time he beats his man. It's been, it's been no competition for him at all. Obviously we all saw the highlight from uh, Gilmore blocking that one pass to him where Alec ended up burning him at the beginning of that route. And it wasn't just verticals yesterday. I mean, he was doing slants. He was doing in routes, you know, Corners trying to force him outside. He cut back inside and be able to get, and he had a slant. He had a slant where I think it was, uh, it was either Rogers or Chesley that was guarding him and they pressed him outside. He just shrugged it so easily that the corner practically fell over and he got that slant. And that was 20 yards before somebody ended up touching him again. Like that's yeah. the kind of thing I'm hoping to see from Alec Pierce when the pads start going full. But if he continues to keep doing that, Alec Pierce, man, oh my gosh, you could legitimately see him as a potential offensive rookie of the year, the way he's been balling out in practice. And it's been so good for him to play against really, really good corners, right? To play against the Stephon Gilmore's early in camp, to play against the Isaiah Rogers, the Kenny Moores, you know, get more of that experience against really good corners, corners that we would say at their peak, you know, are Pro Bowl, all pro players. Um, so great to see him kind of starting to, you know, 
be able to run with those guys. You know, it's only going to help him down the stretch because they are going to be playing some really, really good, you know, corners and DBs, you know, down the stretch of the season. So for him to get those reps now, so valuable for him moving forward. I also wanted to give a shout out to Ashton Doolin as well. I thought he had a nice day as well. Uh, really, those three receivers, I feel like, have just been really, really good. And Frank Reich, you know, he had his media availability before the players. And he even said, Ashton has proven himself. He is going to be a big part of our offense this year. So you got to think, man, that, you know, the top four, at least to me right now, they're pretty set in stone. Um, it, you know, what is the order? We don't know yet. But it seems like right now, all four of those guys are definitely going to be on the team and be big contributors this year. Oh, 100%. And going back to the media availability thing, when we talked about Isaiah Rogers, you know, he was over there. I think somebody asked him, like, how does it uh, how's it feel going up against these wide receivers every day? And he said, you know, it's definitely a challenge for him. And he enjoys it because looking at the size of Michael Pittman, of Alec Pierce, of all these tight ends as well. You know, he he is he's not very tall. Isaiah Rogers, I think he's what, like five ten. So you know, all these guys really uh, dwarf him in size. So, you know, he says it's a it's a interesting challenge, and he says he loves the idea of it because it forces Isaiah to have to learn to be aggressive and play in that kind of play style where, you know, you have to be more physical with these guys because you can't allow, you know, guys like that to get behind you or get in a 50-50 contested shot with you because, you know, those guys a lot of times will beat you. So, it was very good words to hear that, you know, Isaiah Rogers is not just looking as, at these guys as young guys. He's looking at it from the perspective of their skill set is something that he feels he can continue to use to get himself better. Yep. Absolutely. And, and that's the point of training camp, right? Is like these guys are get, are working against each other and they're, they're just getting better, you know, by doing that. And so, yeah, it's been great so far to see these battles. You know, that's probably one of our most intriguing battles that we've been watching. You know, these young wide receivers against kind of more of a, a proven secondary, if you will, you know, with the Gilmore and with the Kenny Moore and Isaiah Rogers, I guess. I mean, more proven than the wide receivers, certainly still a little bit unproven at this point. But yeah, it's been a fun battle back and forth. You know, the offense, wide receivers have had some good days. The DBs have had some good days. So really excited to see how this group continues to help each other moving forward. It's It's been a fun battle for sure. Oh, yeah. Let's move to the defensive side of things a little bit because – I wanted, I tried to see yesterday at practice the uh, one on ones with the offensive lineman and defensive lineman. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see uh, the starters out there doing their thing. I wish I could have, but I just basically saw the backups. But I did ask uh, Dustin Adams of the Blue Stable since he was watching it and I walked over to him and I asked, you know, how did, uh, how did Pryor do? How did uh, the other guys do? He basically told me that Yannick pretty much, like dominated Matt Pryor in that practice yesterday. Like every, t almost every rep, he was in the backfield of the, where the quarterback would have been at um, on those plays. So, you know, it, it, I know a lot of people try to make that as a, oh, Matt Pryor's not cut out for the job, but we also have to understand that, again, pads are not fully on right now. And also with the fact that it is the first week Matt Pryor is probably going to get a little bit better with it. And it's Yannick Ngakwe. He's re a really good edge rusher, so it's only going to make Matt Pryor better getting those reps where he's learning uh, from the failures that he has. But we've been saying it all week, Cody, that Yannick has been bringing the juice 
to that to that field, and yesterday was no exception either. Nope, him and Quiddy. I think Quiddy also had some ni- a nice day as well. So we're very excited, obviously, about that tandem, what they can provide as well. Uh, one guy we just want to highlight just real fast has been Banigou. He had a couple nice rushes yesterday. Uh, you know, he he definitely did some things. Obviously, needs to translate. But, yeah, I thought he had. And, again, take it as you will. He's against the twos and the threes. But, you know, thought he had some nice, you know, moments. So it's kind of like, okay. Can that translate more to the preseason and stuff? Because there is an open Leo position behind Yanni Kangakwe. So, you know, will that be his for the taking or will somebody else take it? So we'll see. I know you mentioned Eric Johnson as well. You saw him. You watched kind of his rip move. Mm -hmm. You said that was one of the most impressive ones you've seen in a long time. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, he's obviously, you know, competing for a roster spot as well. So could he potentially be a guy that uh, maybe becomes more of a bigger contributor down the stretch? If indeed he is that, you know, that good at getting off blocks and stuff. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it'll be very cool to see what he does. I mean, granted he did that against the backups. I'm not uh, saying that he still can't do it, but I would have loved to have seen him try to do that on Pinter or something. But I mean, he, he, he manhandled whoever it was that he was going against he manhandled him. I mean, it was it was in the blink of an eye that Johnson ripped through and just put that lineman on all fours and was in the backfield. I mean, that that would have been a quarterback's worst nightmare just now. So uh, it was really cool to see that, uh, and it's great because you know he came off of the uh, PUP list only just two days ago. So it was really nice to see him getting out and doing that. I think the uh, secondary that we have to talk about, a couple guys that made some big plays. So Isaiah Rogers, obviously everyone was talking about the touchdown that he gave up to Alec Pierce earlier in uh, earlier in that practice. But uh, you look at it from, I think it was the next three times that they targeted him. Uh, they ended up, he ended up uh, forcing an incompletion on the next three. So you know, responded very well to the blown coverage there on the last one. And then Nick Cross as well, almost had another pick uh, that that practice. I think it was like the second throw of the 11-on-11 drills. Matt Ryan just slightly overthrew Pittman, and Pittman had to go defensive there to prevent Nick Cross from getting that ball. So uh, Nick Cross, again, showing that he's got some good ball hawking skills. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good player. I'm very excited to see. Uh, does he get more of a look? You know, at the strong safety position, we all and then myself included thought, oh no, you know, it's Rodney McLeod's probably going to get it. But hey, Nick Cross, I think has been impressive so far. So excited to see kind of what he, you know, if he can continue once the pads come on. Obviously, things are different. So you know, can he? You know, can that translate? I guess to full pads. Yeah, and I think another guy that we didn't really talk about yesterday. That I honestly think for the tight end position, I think honestly for me the best looking tight end yesterday was uh, was Drew Ogletree. And I think Ogletree had a couple of pretty nice catches across the middle of the field. You know, looked uh, perfectly at home there. And I think somebody asked about uh, Jelani about Drew Ogletree and about you know I think it was Nate Atkins that asked him like you know with two rookie tight ends coming in, you know, is there like a competition between the two of them or is there something like that? He said, uh, yeah, there is a little bit, but he said that he views Drew Ogletree like a brother, like another brother that he never uh, had. But he said it was funny because he has two older brothers, but says that, you know, Drew is like another one that I didn't even know that I had. So 
those two have formed a really special bond. And it, it does make me wonder if they will keep four tight ends, Cody, because, yeah. you know, we I think people have been asking that question because, you know, rounding out the rest of that roster, it's really tough that, you know, Drew Ogletree has really been, you know, m- taking advantage of the few opportunities that he's had versus, you know, like someone like Granson who, you know, Granson's had a couple catches in training camp, but you and I saw like the ones where Granson had a chance to like really explode and make an, make a big impact play. He drops it. So, you know, it's a possibility that, you know, those, those drops can come back to haunt you. And if you're fighting for a play for a spot right now, you know, Drew Ogletree is a name that we need to be keeping an eye out for. It makes more sense to me, you know, to keep, you know, four tight ends as opposed to six wide receivers because, yeah, Drew Ogletree's been kind of giving you at least so far. And like, like we say with everything, you know, when pads come on, we'll see a lot more. It'll be a lot more revealing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it seems like, yeah, he's been, he's been kind of impressive so far. So, you know, I would rather, honestly, uh, and it's looking more like this, you keep four tight ends, you keep five wide receivers because you do have Naheem Hines who can play, you know, out wide and play in the slot and stuff. So you can do a lot of things there, you know. Um, and it just gives you more, you know, big bodies and, you know, j- just the frame alone for Drew Ogletree is humongous. So uh, I-, I think it makes a lot of sense to keep four tight ends, especially like you mentioned with Granson kind of struggling so far through camp, you know, that it makes the Colts feel a little bit better. You know, if he continues to struggle, okay, maybe Drew Ogletree gets an opportunity and could be your third tight end. You know, you never know. Um, so it makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. I think I think the Colts, if it continues like this, I definitely think four tight ends is the route that they will go. But again, we'll see. You know, it's only the first week. There's a lot that can happen. But yeah, so far, I, I think Drew Ogletree's been one of the more impressive rookies right now. So we'll go one player each here real quick that maybe we haven't talked about yet that you thought might have had a decent day yesterday. I'll say this. Uh, there's a couple guys on my radar um, and maybe we can go a few if we have enough, but Desmond Patman was another one for me. Uh, Patman looked very clean and crisp yesterday. He looked really fast. Uh, I know in the 11 on 11 drills, Patman was, I think there was one play where the defensive coverage just wasn't on him, caught one in the flat. He'd have gotten 25 plus yards and he could have potentially broke it. Had this been a real live game scenario? Cause he had all the room in the world really fast right there. I think I think Desmond Patman and Patman's been getting a few opportunities here and there and his hands have looked pretty good since the uh since mini camp. Yeah, was that your only guy you had? I had uh I had Devo- uh Devonte Price as the other okay. one. Devonte Price was the other one for yeah. me. He uh looked okay. good. He looked good. Yeah. I had uh, a couple actually. I had Isaiah Ford, who I thought looks really yeah. good. You know, was recently signed by the Colts, um, and then I also had Philip Lindsay. I thought he looked really good. You talked about his his footwork. You know, I think his footwork is phenomenal. He's very patient. You know, he's kind of he's not obviously not quite Marlon Mack in that way, but like I saw a play yesterday where he was very patient in the hole and waited for it to open up, and he you know got more yardage out of it if he, as opposed to if he would would have just you know tried to force his way through there. Um, so I kind of like him. I like that veteran, you know, kind of savviness that he brings to the role, potentially of that RB2, RB3, depending how you look at it. Um, 
So those were a couple guys. Um, I do think um, as well, I was kind of impressed by Kiki Kuti. He's had some nice catches down the stretch as well. No more of that big play guy as well. Um, a, little, a little bit smaller and things like that. Um, those were a couple guys that I was kind of impressed by. Um, I think those guys were were definitely, uh, you know, some of these young wide receivers I think are making plays, which is exciting. Um, and, and, you know, it's crazy. We've talked about how many of these young wide receivers that have gone out there and made plays. So, like I said, like three other times, when the pads come on, we will know a lot more about these guys. And uh, right now, it's you know basically touch football. Um, but you know when the pads come on, we'll, we'll see who's truly you know going to win some of those spots. But so far, man, it's been a lot of fun to watch, and and there's a lot of guys that have been impressing. I think. Yeah, I think the last thing we could talk about for this, what we saw yesterday, was obviously that uh very scary moment that we saw with uh. Gilmore and Molly Cox um when that <laughs> when that throw was thrown on the sideline you know that ball was thrown into the ground but uh Gilmore and Cox both went for it and they collided with each other I think I think Gilmore took Cox's knee to the back and that that one really scared everybody in attendance uh Cox got up practically right away but Gilmore was down for a solid minute and, you know, we we're like, oh no, please God, don't let this happen. Yeah. And thankfully yeah. after like a minute of being down, he got back up. Trainers looked at him for a second, but then he was fine. Uh, 20 minutes later was back on the field for seven on sevens, doing all the drills the right way. So Gilmore seemed to be perfectly fine. Uh, Frank Reich also was asked about, molly cox's knee because cox never returned back to the field but uh they said that they don't expect it to be anything serious probably just going to keep him out for a few days this next week to make sure that knee doesn't uh act up or anything but you got anything else cody or did we cover everything there no i just think it was an awesome experience i'm very very thankful we are very thankful to the colts for giving us that opportunity it was cool to meet some other content creators that were able to be down there you already mentioned a couple destin our buddy zach as well who was down there yesterday and Lawrence, you know oh, even yeah. being able to connect with some of the local media as well you know it was kind of funny there was uh since it was the night practice you know there was a couple national media guys there you know albert breer was there i believe it was and then also ian Rappaport stopped by so it was just cool to see them kind of rub shoulders with them a little bit and you know, definitely feel feel pretty official about it. Yeah, um, and it was cool to interact with a couple people who did recognize us and stuff. And and guys, we're going to be back out there. I guess you'll be back out there one day, Derek. I'll be back out there another day. Yeah, um, Derek, I believe you're going next Sunday. So in a, in a week, you'll be back out there, and then I'll be going in a couple weeks on a Tuesday. So yep. Yeah, it was a great experience overall. I know we've been uploading a lot of content about it. There's a lot more to come. So, guys, be sure to check that out. If you're still watching this video, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate all your support. Uh, be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to subscribe and all that stuff. Like Derek said yesterday in the stream, thank you guys so much for 12,000 subscribers. It does not quite seem real yet. Um, but we will continue with the content, continue to build, and continue to grow together. Thank you, Colts Nation, for all your support. And that'll do it for this one, guys. As always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.